The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. When I first started practicing mindfulness, one of the first things I noticed was the constant uh, nattering of my thoughts in my head of uh, many of them, a great majority of them, were judgments. As I start this, I want to make sure we understand this isn't like a, a dictionary definition, but it's the way we define the word judgment um, in, in a useful way. And we differentiate between judgment and being judicious or discernment. Judgment adds a quality of insult to it. Uh, being judicious is um, what we want to do. Uh, we want to d- discriminate between whether something's helpful or not. Uh, so, for instance, um, you know, it's important to, to, to be judicious whether somebody's tall enough to reach the top shelf, right? You know, so maybe I'll ask, um, you know, this other woman to, lift, to get something from the top shelf who's taller than me. That's just being judicious. But maybe I have this idea that they're better than me because they're taller. And so, you know, I might think, uh, you know, that I'm less than because, you know, so that's being judgmental, you know. And often people have these crazy ideas that we're supposed to be different than we are. And um, so um, the Buddha said that there were uh, three major conceits. And, um, and one of the things about conceit, you know, uh, we talk about in the process of, of uh, becoming freer and freer, there's like these 10 fetters, you know, and those are like the the qualities of our personalities that keep us from being free. And as we get freer and freer, we kind of let go of them one at a time. Um, But the ninth one, which comes really late in the process of getting free, is conceit. And um, conceit uh, is thinking that I'm better than somebody else or thinking that I'm worse than somebody else or thinking that I'm equal to somebody else. They're all forms of conceit. And, and part of the reason why is because they all take us away from our immediate experience of what's happening in front of us. Uh, for instance, um, We've all had these moments of really simple enjoyment in life. Um, Maybe you like to dance, you know, or you like to play music. Um, Or just the intimacy of being with with, uh, another human being that you love. You know, so there's this very simple way of being where you're dancing around feeling really wonderful and it feels good to move. and, and, And then the thought enters the mind, I'm a great dancer, right? Now... That simple enjoyment is really gone. Now what's happened is the mind has contracted into this this ego-based self that's been created. I'm the dancer. But while you're actually dancing, there is no self-dancing. You're just dancing. There is, you know, no idea of self. And so the moment we start even looking at comparing ourselves, I'm equal, um, we're again separating ourselves from the experience. Um, if, we th- if we think we're better than someone else, we don't respect them. If we think we're worse than somebody else, we feel insecure. In both instances, we stop connecting with another human being. 
We stop meeting them in an in a intimate, open-hearted way. Um, many of us live with uh, what we can call an um, inner tyrant. And um, one of my teachers said um, that he's never had anybody in his whole life, you know, and he's like in his uh, 70s, you know, treat him as badly and talk to him as harshly as he has to himself in his own mind. And I don't know how many of you have experienced that, but, um, you know, one of the things that we can find in that inner tyrant is this incessant uh, self-criticism. Now, some of it gets really subtle, and, you know, maybe some people have more of a personality of, you know, where you've been brought up a certain way and where you self, you criticize yourself a lot and, you know, say things to yourself about, oh, I'm not good enough this way, I'm not good enough that way. Um, but even people who are very highly accomplished um, can be incredibly hard on themselves. In fact, you know, we kind of fool ourselves. We say, you know, um, I'm a perfectionist, you know, as if... Um, instead of I'm continuously criticizing myself. That's what a perfectionist does, right? Um, um, so the inner tyrant um, can actually be very subtle, even in meditation. Now, if you pay attention, sometimes, you know, let's say you're like a little bit calm, but you've been calmer before, and I'm not calm enough. This isn't quite calm enough, you know? I, I should be a little bit calmer. I should be a little bit, oh, look at that, I had a thought. I should be a little more concentrated. You know, in a, in a way that's just absolutely not helpful, it just has this, the quality of insult, of criticism. It has a contraction around it. It's okay to notice, oh, I'm kind of restless right now. You know, that's just discernment. You, you want to see, yes, I'm being restless. This is what's happening. Um, but there's a quality of, I'm restless, I'm doing it wrong. I'm restless, I'm, I'm being wrong. Um, now, some people focus more on the outer tyrant, uh, the, you know, where, where we're continuously judging the world outside of us. Um, and, and again, there's a difference between, you know, it's very easy to look at our government, at the environment, and see that there's a lot of things that are really in bad shape out there. And that's wisdom. You know, we see that th there are problems that need to be, you know, that, that may be solvable, may need help, may not be solvable. Uh, but then there's the part of our mind that just says it's wrong and it shouldn't be that way. And, and the difference is, is that there's a contraction in us when we do that, when we get very invested in the fact that it shouldn't be the way it is. Because when we, when we treat any kind of, let's say... Um, um, you know, they're spraying melathion, you know. I don't know if any of you were around in the, uh, I think, 70s or 80s when they sprayed this whole area, you know, with melathion. And, um, you know, for uh, some kind of pest, I don't even remember uh, what it was. But um, so there's a tendency. It was obviously, you know, I, I was very, uh, you know, unhappy that they were doing that, you know. And, and it was, you know, very, felt very wrong to me. And, you know, um, but the pain of having that happen in our lives here is one thing. And then adding the insult of saying the world shouldn't be this, this shouldn't be happening and getting all upset about it actually adds a lot more suffering to a situation that's already difficult. 
and adds nothing useful. Uh, so what we're looking at is, is um, you know, how do we um, take when things aren't the way we want them and respond to it if we can. Now, with the melathyroid, we couldn't do anything about it. We tried writing letters. We tried making phone calls. Uh, I, you know, we couldn't do anything about it. We did everything. And so we had to surrender to, this, to what was. Um, now, but, but that's like uh, on issues we often can't do much about, you know, the environment. It's like, you know, it can feel very, it's so big, all the, all the things that need doing. But we get this way over really insignificant things. I've gotten, you know, hopefully not recently, but I've gotten very caught up in arguing about the merit of a movie. You know, it's like, no, no, that was really, you know, this is really, this is really what it meant, you know. And, I mean, it's fine being enthusiastic, but there's a certain contraction when our opinion becomes so important. Uh, You know, we're judging something as being so important and we start identifying with it. You know, my opinion is, is me, as opposed to that was a, that was a movie, this is what I thought about it. Um, and so we can get invested in a lot of things. And the problem is that we get invested in things that change. And everything we, get, you know, we can get invested in goes away. You know, so in the same way that maybe um, you know, we were a great ballerina when we were young, that ain't going to last. Um, if we're, um, the great restaurant we're raving about is the best restaurant in the Bay Area, and it closes down next, next month. You know, so everything that we tend to invest our opinions in um, doesn't last. Um, so, the, the key, so the key about working with judgment, you know, which we all do and we, do, we tend to do a lot, is um, to really begin to, to recognize how our judgments cause us suffering. So the process of doing that is to first recognize that we're judging. Um, you know, and sometimes it gets tricky because it gets entangled with discernment that we need to, uh, with when we have to be judicious. Uh, for example, let's say, um, let's say I'm the boss and I have an employee who has very poor listening skills. And I have to be aware of that, and I have to work with them in relation to the skills they have. Um, now, if I'm be discerning, uh, you know, I still see them with a lot of respect and respond to them, you know, with compassion. And, and see, maybe I can place them somewhere, or maybe I fire them with compassion if needed. Um, but if I'm being judgmental, I start disrespecting them. And um, so one of the things that we notice... Uh, when those two things get entangled, because, you know, maybe, you know, I definitely see they have poor listening skills, but I'm also very judgmental. And when it gets entangled, uh, it creates a lot of suffering. And um, how, do I, how do you feel when you're being judgmental? How does your heart feel? And that's really the question is, is that if you look at someone, you go, God, they're stupid. You know, how do you feel inside yourself when you're having that kind of judgment? Um, So that contraction, that lack of openness, it might be mild, but it's a form of suffering. Um, Sometimes it's tricky to see because often when we're being judgmental, it gives us a sense of power. 
And um, when we're being very critical, you know, uh, I don't know if any of you ever have the tendency to be um, uh, righteously indignant. Have any of you been that way, you know, where you kind of, you know, oh, I know better, you know, type attitude. And, and it gives you a sense of pleasure, right? You know, there's a certain little bit of power there. So that power can mask the actual pain underneath it. Because when you see somebody else being kind of arrogant, you know, you, you kind of, you don't like them, right? I mean, how many of you like arrogant, you know, somebody's being arrogant, right? And, but somehow that, that little sense of power doesn't let us see that in ourselves. Um, but if we really look what's underneath the, the righteous indignation, we can see that underneath that there's a, there's a certain level of suffering. So, um, so in terms of working with judgments, they're going to happen. We don't want to add insult to injury by judging ourselves for being judgmental, especially uh, since we do it so much. Um, you know, one of my teachers, uh, he, said it, uh, he said that on, um, he was in a long retreat, and uh, this is Joseph Goldstein, for, for those of you who know him, but, um, and he said he, he was judging so much that it was, um, he became aware of how much he was judging while he was meditating, and, and in between, that he just sat down um, uh, during the walking period in a spot where people kept walking by back and forth, and he just counted. He just counted how many judgments he was making, you know. And, you know, he was at, you know, a few hundred before the walking period was over. And he just, that person's to this, that person's to that. Oh, I like those socks. Oh, I like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. You know, just over and over and over again. His mind just kept doing that. And so it's like a really interesting process. Oh, the mind is doing that. You know, that, that's what it does. So the key to working with judgment is to recognize that they're there. You know, and, you know, might do that by labeling them. You know, I like labeling judgment because it really start, gives me an immediate space around it. Um, and accepting that, oh, this is just a judgment. It doesn't mean I'm a terrible person for, you know, for judging. And then really noticing the, the suffering involved in doing that. It's only when we really recognize that the judging ourselves or another or a situation that it causes us pain, when we really see that clearly, does it drop away? So it takes a real recognition of, that, of the fact that that's causing us suffering, that's causing us separation, lack of intimacy. So that's, uh, it's time, so I'll, I'll stop there. Um,